0: Thanks for listening to the Sunday teaching podcast from Salt and Light, a community based in Fort Worth, Texas, making disciples of Jesus together by seeking his kingdom in everyday life. Find out more at saltandlightfw.com. All right. If you want to open to Romans chapter six, we're going to be there for just a couple minutes. And if you feel warm in here, it could be that the spirit is stirring something and lighting a fire in your heart. It could also be that one of our thermostats isn't working, so could be a both and. I don't want to negate the work of the Spirit, but hey, if a little warmth for an hour and a half is the worst thing we have going on for us, we're still better than like 90% of the church on the other side of the world at least. So we can embrace just a little bit of that, maybe even say a prayer for the church that's facing far worse things than a non-working air conditioner. So with that said, hey, we get to do some baptisms today. So this is a good day, yeah? Now, these are some of our favorite Sundays, and we take the the whole day and kind of shape it around celebrating. We celebrated moms. We're going to celebrate uh, three young men. They happen to be three three young men getting baptized today. Uh, And so I'm just going to read and reflect on a a passage of Scripture really briefly today, and then we're going to get to that, because frankly, like what we're going to witness is a better message than anything I could put together. So in Romans 6, Paul asks this question to followers of Jesus. He says, do you not know that all of us who have been baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? We were buried, therefore, with him by baptism into death, so that just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, we too might walk in the newness of life. For if we have been united with Jesus in a death like his, we will certainly Be united with him in a resurrection like his. If you haven't been part of Salt and Light for the last few weeks, we've been talking a lot about death and new life and life after death and life after life after death. We've been trying to answer some really hard questions about what is eternity and 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 going, hey, guess what? It's not probably little cherubs with wings playing harps in a weird cloud city that we escape to. It's not that. So we've been trying to break down some misconceptions about life after death. And, And here's our hope for today that baptism and the symbolism of baptism isn't lost on us. And baptism and the symbolism of baptism isn't somehow separate from this conversation we've been having about death and life and life after death. But rather, baptism is just simply, hear me church, it's a visible representation of everything we've been talking about these past couple weeks. Here's what I mean. And, And Kids, I want you to count the number of times that I say Jesus in the next couple minutes, okay? So you can hold up your hands if you want to. So because of Jesus' work, we said this over and over and over again, physical and literal death is not the end of our story. Church, is that good news? Because of Jesus' death, how many? Two. Our sin is covered, and in his broken body, he died in our place. Because of Jesus' promised return, there is an eternity that looks like and is better than when Adam and Eve got to walk in the garden with God. We're going to get to experience restored relationships with God and with each other and with all of creation. We're going to get to work and cultivate the earth and experience God's full presence and joy if our hope and trust and faith is rooted in who? Jesus. There's number four. And then finally, because of Jesus' resurrection, church we have the offer of new life. We have the offer of full life, not an easy life necessarily, not a long life necessarily, but a full life, life after the grave. Jesus rose and displayed a glimpse of that resurrection life, not just for eternity, but where did Jesus rise to? Where did he walk around after his death and resurrection? It's right here on earth. And for those of us who are in Jesus, we get to live out the first phase of our resurrection life here on earth too. That's what Paul's talking about in these verses, right? You can put your hands down. How many times did I say Jesus? Eight? eight? It, was actually nine was a it was nine? Time. Oh, <laughs> dang. All right, eight or nine. Good job. Um, that's what Paul says in these verses. In being baptized, these young men are saying, my old life is buried. The verses that follow the ones we just read, Paul says their former selves, enslaved to sin, have been brought to nothing. The former self is, is decimated, it's gone. Baptism declares the belief, Jesus has freed me from my sin. That's the symbolism, y'all, of going down into the water. My way, my desire, my sin, my brokenness, my life without Jesus is over. My life is not my own. It's a death. But again, death is only one half of the symbolism of baptism. The good news that Christians hold to is that Jesus doesn't stay in the grave. We are not, there's a thousand reasons, we're not going to hold people under the water for any longer than we have to. But the other half of of the baptism declaration is, yes, I was buried with Jesus in his death, and also I am raised with Jesus into his life. That's the symbolism we're about to witness. If you and I and these guys are united with Christ in a death like his, then you and I and these three young men are united with Christ in a resurrection like his too. In the verses that follow the ones we just read, Paul reminds us that if we're in Christ, we consider ourselves dead to sin and alive to God in Jesus. That's, church, the symbolism of coming up out of the water. I've been washed clean by Jesus's blood. I seek to be led by the Spirit into God's ways, God's desires, God's redemption, God's restoration, God's life with Christ. And so here's the deal. All three boys getting baptized, look at me for a sec. Here's the deal. This is not the end of your story, right? This is not the end of your story. This is not the end of the journey. This is just a public statement You get to walk in the newness of life every day with Jesus, empowered by his spirit here and now. Y'all, that's why in the New Testament we see that John the Baptist, Jesus' cousin, baptized people who, yes, turned from their sin and trusted God, but who also bore what John calls the fruit of repentance. Because life in Christ, and hear me, anyone who's declared their faith in Jesus, life in Christ is, is, yes, it's about belief, head belief, heart belief, but it's also about wholehearted change that overflows into the life that we live because the gospel, the good news of Jesus, turns out it impacts every bit of our lives. Do you believe that? So the consistent New Testament pattern is that when someone put their faith in Jesus for eternal life, to save them from eternal death, and also to say, I want you to be my king, I want you to lead me, to guide me, to be my Lord over every day of this life. When that happened, the person was baptized. Death to life. Death to life. Now, to be clear, because we have to say this every time we do baptisms, this act does not save us. This is just simply a voluntary declaration of someone who God has already saved by His grace publicly proclaiming that salvation and saying to you, friends, family, church family, yes, I belong to God. His blood has washed me clean. I want to pursue the power of his spirit. I'm a member of the family of God. So my son's going to be baptized, and he gets to be my brother in Christ now. We get to be sisters and brothers, siblings in this life for eternity. So to that end, anyone being baptized has been able to explain to to one of our servant leaders what their belief is, what salvation is. And anyone being baptized in Salt and Life has had a few close family members and friends and folks in their DNA say, Yeah, I see, I see fruit in this believer's life. Yeah, absolutely, in age-appropriate ways, but I see fruit in their life. We believe and we must be reminded of the fact that the core message of Christian life is death to life, death to life, death to life. Whether you're a follower of Jesus or, or not, I hope you'll hear me today. It's in that life, it's in laying aside yourself, it's only in Jesus that true life, deepest satisfac- satisfaction, all penetrating joy, complete redemption and true salvation comes better than anyone or anything else that we run to. And I say we intentionally, because we who say that we declare our faith in Jesus, it's just as tempting for us to run to other things, to find joy and satisfaction and other saviors. But if we're willing to let ourselves die to ourselves, if we're willing to let the spirit work in us over and over and over and over again and let those lesser gods die, then Jesus offers a better life in him. And that's true one time at the beginning of our Christian life, and that's true when every single day we're tempted by a thousand other things that say, put your faith in me. I'll make you happy. Trust me. I'll never let you down. God went through the same death-to-life process himself. As followers of Jesus, we believe that Jesus laid down his life for us and God raised him to be his rightful place, in his rightful place as our king, both on his eternal throne and in your human heart. And God sent the Spirit to help that truth come to life in each of us. Do you believe that today? Follower of Jesus, do you believe that death to life is your story? Can we say that out loud? Do you believe that? Yes. I hope we believe that. That's the only story we have. So, so the, the the stories we've heard of, of mothers and how motherhood has shaped us, that stories con- stories of God's continued work in people's lives and the songs we're singing, and the prayers we're praying are reminders of that while they continue to creep in, Jesus is still the answer. He's still the provider. He's still the better story. He's still the better King than anything. And so, this death to life symbolism, laying down life, living. God's new life is a reflection of Jesus laying down his life and dying for us. And it's an affirmation of the hope, our eternal hope that we've been talking about, that in Jesus' resurrection and reign, we're invited into a full life here and for eternity for all who trust him. So that's all I'm going to say today. That's what these folks are declaring as they're baptized. Each is going to share a little bit of what baptism means. And then we're gonna celebrate. So, who's up first? Kai? All right, y'all give Kai a hand. All right, so each of these guys has prepared a couple of answers to, to a few specific questions. The first one, you good? Yeah. You ready? All right, what does it mean to have faith in Jesus?
1: To believe that his word and to want to, to follow his commands like a pledge of allegiance. And he is the like that he is the only way to be reconnected to God, and that he takes away our sins. All
0: right. And what is baptism?
1: A sign that you're putting your faith in Jesus, and, and that your sins have been taken away. And I wanted to be baptized to. Be a part of the church because when you're not baptized, you're like not a part of the, like fully a part of the church.
0: All right, so you're saying I'm part of God's family. I'm your brother now, right? Anything else?
1: Uh, no. All right.
0: All right. Why don't you come down here? Y'all give him a hand. All right. Thinking all of our baptisms are the first one we've had with a phone. So yeah, okay. I was gonna say, get that phone away from the water. All right, Henry. Y'all give Henry a hand. You good? Uh, yeah. All right. All right, Henry, what does it mean to have faith in Jesus?
1: It means that I know that I am a sinner and I believe that Jesus saved me and that he will come back to make that right someday.
0: Yes, indeed. And what is baptism?
1: Baptism symbolizes dying, being made new, and being redeemed.
0: Yes, it does. And what made you want to be baptized today?
1: I decided to get baptized so I could display that I trust Jesus and that he loves me and wants the best for me.
0: All right. Anything else? No. Okay. Great. Thank you. All right, Trav. After you, sir. What does it mean to have faith in Jesus?
1: It means that I believe in Jesus, that he's my shepherd and that we're his lambs. It means I chose him as my true savior and that I want to follow him. I believe that Jesus died on the cross for our sins, that he resurrected, and that he resurrects us and others who believe in him, so everyone who believes in that will live eternally.
0: All right. Do you want to read it? What? What is, what is baptism?
1: Baptism is where I show some of my friends and family In my church family that I believe in Jesus and God and the Holy Spirit. Since I believe in Jesus as my savior, I wanted to get baptized last year, but I think Jesus told me to wait, so I did. But now I prayed about it and decided this is the year.
0: And do you remember when you knew that you believed in Jesus?
1: I started to believe in Jesus. Wait. I started to believe that Jesus was my Savior when I could understand what people said about Him and when I could talk about Jesus and tell pe- people that I believe in Him.
0: All right. Good job, bud. All right. Give a hand. All right. And then we're going to be right over here. So this is, I mean, obviously you see how formal everything about our church gathering is. So if you can't see and want to get up and move around this kind of stuff, this large tank of water is where we're going to be doing some baptisms. So if you want to make your way over here, we're going to go in that same order. So Kai is going to go first and then Henry and then Travis and their grown-ups are going to baptize them. And when they come out, let's celebrate them with the celebration that a declaration of salvation <laughs> deserves. Yeah, church. There's no easy emotional transition for me from that. But before we sing our last couple songs, can we give these guys a hand again first? And they're and we really do believe, just like Nicole talked about mothers and mothering and getting to do this in community, everyone who is here represents part of of the, the work of God, the community of God surrounding these three young men. And so you get to celebrate that joy as well. We're going to do two things before we sing the last couple songs. First of all, there's been a call throughout the ages, a call to Christians to remember your baptism. And, and see, it, it is hard sometimes, right, to, to know this thing that we say we believe or that we believed at one point. Like there's temptations, there's doubts, there's questions that cre- creep in. And when we see others declare their faith and trust in Jesus and proclaim their willingness to die to themselves and to live for God, it's a reminder to us and a refresher to us and a rehearsal to us of our own trust and our own faith and our own death to self and faith in Christ. And so we're going to declare together this thing that we say we believe. So if you're not a follower of Jesus, we're going to recite what's called the Apostles' Creed, and it's just the most bare bones. Like, this is what it means to be a Christian. If you are a follower of Jesus, then let's say this with words And just remind ourselves and be reminded by each other of the, the, the core things that we hold to. So will you say this with me? We believe in God, the Father Almighty, the maker of heaven and earth. We believe in Jesus Christ, his only begotten Son, our Lord. He was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary. He suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead, and was buried. We believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. And based on those beliefs and in Jesus and because of his salvation, God invites us to his table. He invites us to his feast Bread and wine is, is a meal that Jesus instituted that is a symbol that's open to anyone whose faith is in Jesus. And since baptism is, is the most public declaration of that faith, some of these households have waited for these young men to be baptized before they participate with us in communion. But the table is an open table. For anyone who's part of God's family, communion is a reminder, a remembrance of the core of our faith that Jesus died, Jesus rose, and Jesus will come again. So for anyone who's part of God's family, communion is a way to remember, but also proclaim your faith again until Jesus returns. So there's stations set up. If you're at a table, there's, there's uh, communion in the middle of the table. But since we have rows up here, there's there's a few stations set up around the room. And if you just take the take the bread, the cracker. It's all gluten free, and dip it into the the wine, which is darker, or the juice, which is lighter. And if you would, if you're having a hard time remembering something, or if you just experience something afresh or new, would you just say? Jesus is good news because fill in the blank, and just share that. I receive Jesus as good news because of blank. The gospel is good news because of blank. So you can go alone. You can recite that to God. You can go as a family or with a couple friends uh, around you. But but take your time. We're going to sing a couple songs to close. But the table is open. You've been invited. And as as every time we take the bread and dip it into the juice or the wine, we remember Jesus's death and we proclaim the good news of his salvation until he comes again. So the table's open, it's yours.